You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. Certainly is with uh, Mark Delder this morning. Kia ora, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Feels like there's a lot to talk about uh, already. Oh, I've actually got a wee echo of me. Hopefully that'll settle down. Um, we'll see what we've got there. You still there, Mark? I am, yeah. I can just mute while you're talking. How's that sound? That sounds great. Let's do that. That sounds awesome. Uh, let, let's get stuck into the first cabinet meeting of the year because that, I feel, is uh, as good a place to start as any in trying to unpack what's been happening over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the most significant things that's come out of this is we are going to be deploying some troops uh, to uh, around Yemen. Do you want to walk us through a wee bit about the context of this for anyone who's maybe um, purposefully turned their phone off for a few weeks over the holidays, Mark? Yeah, definitely. So uh, basically, um, this kind of ties back into the Israel uh, Gaza conflict in in that um, there's been a a long running civil war in Yemen between um, the the pre existing government there and uh, um, rebel faction backed by Iran called the Houthis. Um, And when the Israel-Gaza war started, the Houthis began to um, fire missiles at, at ships in the Red Sea using that very popular shipping lane um, and, and saying, you know, that they'll stop when there's a ceasefire in, in Gaza. Um, the, the, they say that they're targeting Israeli ships or, Isra- or ships bound for Israel, but the reality seems to be that many, many, you know, basically it's, it's open season there. Um, and so the United States and the UK began launching strikes back at these um, rebels to, to try and uh, protect the shipping lanes. And New Zealand has now announced that we'll be sending um, six NZDF personnel uh, to sort of assist with the targeting and, and, and that sort of thing in, in that mission. So why is that significant that New Zealand is getting involved here? Uh, I, I mean, I feel like there's some obvious obvious answers to that but what what in the context of our relationship to um i guess perhaps the current situation uh with the israel bombardment but also maybe the history of new zealand um being involved in in military spaces uh, what is what is significant about this this move yeah it, it clearly is in alignment with um you know the us and the uk which isn't a surprise, you know, we're in the Five Eyes arrangement with them as well. There are other uh, countries that have deployed forces. I believe Canada is one of them. Um, you know, the government's been very clear that that NZDF personnel won't be involved in you know on the ground or anything. I don't think there's any suggestion that that anyone from this this small coalition will be. Um, but there's echoes of past uh, conflicts in the Middle East, and and the the broader question I think is less about this small deployment and more just the the ongoing question that has been um, you know in the air since the Gaza Israel war began, which is. Um, will this spiral into a broader conflict elsewhere in the Middle East? And what's happening now isn't quite that, but it's a step towards that. When we look at what the current government's um, position has has been or continues to be on the situation uh, with Israel's 
military bombardment at the moment. What does this direct action, I guess, say in relation to that? Do you have any thoughts about what, what that kind of means, perhaps? Yeah, I, I think some some would view it as, as siding with um, Israel over Gaza. I don't personally view it that way. I think the issues are connected in that the Houthis have been very clear for the about the reasons why they're doing this, but that doesn't justify the actions, as it were. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's possible to intervene on, on behalf of, in, you know, international rules-based order and the ability of, of um, ships to, to travel freely without being bombarded through uh, international shipping lanes, and on, at the same time still say we're concerned about I- Israel's disproportionate use of force in Gaza, we're concerned about the humanitarian situation there, and we're concerned about the, you know, the Israeli government's seemingly more, more public position now that, that it does not want a Palestinian state. So you can hold both of those at the same time. I think the government has made a bigger deal out of the the issues with the Houthi than maybe uh, advocating on, on behalf of Gaza, at least publicly. But New Zealand's position is, is very well aligned with most of the rest of, of the world on that in terms of being quite horrified at the scale of Israel's bombardment of Gaza and, um, you know, being quite firmly calling for, uh, for an end to the hostilities. Well, I feel like this is going to be a very ongoing conversation, so we'll definitely come back to this. But let's have a look at some of the other things that came out of that cabinet, first cabinet meeting. What caught your attention, Mark? Anything that's maybe missed headlines or that you've sort of seen and thought, mm, this is going to be an interesting one for 2024? Um, we haven't seen much out of the cabinet meeting itself beyond that, that Yemen announcement. They tend to uh, sort of... Um, not say what's happened until they're ready to make an announcement, and it's it's not clear maybe how much would have actually got done in the first cabinet meeting of the year. But one of the themes of the past week has been, and I've been reporting on this myself, has been the impact of these budget cuts that the government is, is planning for the public sector, and how they seem to be going quite a bit more widely than they than the national had promised during the election. They'd mm-hmm. said they'd target 21 specific agencies and departments for this this um, spending cut. Now the directive seems to have gone out to basically every public sector organization, including raising some constitutional issues where, um, you know, the, the parliamentary service, the office of the clerk of parliament, you know, which are, play quite important accountability functions and holding the government to account and, and helping the opposition do so. They've been asked to cut funds when they actually really don't have very much uh, uh, slack there. Um, that's been concerning for constitutional law experts and it's sort of been playing out over the past couple of days and definitely will over the next couple of weeks and months as well. Mm, Very interesting one that that, uh, has become a bit of a stronger theme. Obviously a massive theme at the moment, big concern uh, in a lot of spaces is what is this government going to do about Te Tiriti o Waitangi? Uh, Leaked documents from Select Committee Bill that's in its sort of drafting stage, I guess, uh, about uh, sort of making more specific or perhaps changing uh, what those principles of the treaty are um, has has been causing a lot of concern. There was a massive kingitanga hui uh, about a week or so ago that brought a lot of iwi uh, together from across the motu. 10,000 people, huge amount of people. And then, of course, ratana at the moment is happening, which is always very significant in the political calendar uh, for bringing um, central government politics into the te ao Māori politics 
politics space as well. What's been some sort of standout moments from Ratana that have caught your attention? Uh, we obviously saw Prime Minister Chris Luxon speaking there yesterday, which a lot of people were uh, waiting quite uh, baitedly to hear what he was going to say in, in light of all of this uh, leaked Select Committee document. Yeah, I mean, in terms of from from the government perspective yesterday for Ratana, a couple of things are obvious. One, David Seymour didn't attend. In fact, no one from ACT attended, which then meant that Christopher Luxon, while in his official speech, you know, on, on the Pi Pi, uh, was about, um, you know, how the government isn't going to change uh, the treaty, you know, is going to respect all the um, existing, you know, laws and conventions and, and uh, treaty settlements and, and so on. Um, then when he goes off to answer questions from reporters, he finds himself in this position of having to defend his his coalition partner's mm. policies, basically. And then, of course, you had New Zealand First, Winston Peters and Shane Jones also going, making uh, quite strong statements, I suppose, um, in their speeches and, and even getting booed at, at one uh, stage or another, I understand. Um, which is is quite unusual for um, that event. It's not quite like Waitangi, where where um, you know at least in the surrounding events we're quite used to seeing quite a a lot of um, you know robust debate and, and discussion. Mm-hmm. Ratana tends to be a, a little bit more um, you know by the book, and so the the booing during their the New Zealand First Minister's speeches is is um, a new thing and and re- reflective of I think. Uh, broadly Maori sentiment towards this new government and, and the way that they are, um, you know, uh, communicating and, and the rhetoric that they're using. Um, I, I do find this Christopher Luxon defending act policy thing very interesting. He doesn't have to be doing this. When mm. Jacinda Ardern was in her coalition with New Zealand First, she said, you know, if you have a question about a New Zealand First policy, go ahead and ask them. But Luxon seems to feel like he's kind of a uh, you know, a sea a, a, a level manager, um, uh, the the chair of the the board of a company, uh, not really advocating on behalf of national, but because he's the prime minister, he has to advocate for each of the parties individually, which isn't what he needs to be doing. But he's found himself in this position where he has to explain policies that he disagrees with and that his party disagrees with. It's going to be a very wild year, I suspect. Uh, Plenty more to get stuck into, Mark, but I think that'll do us for today. Thank you so much for your time uh, and for sort of helping us recap some of those massive politic moments of the last few weeks. Uh, We will talk to you again very soon. Take it easy. Thanks so much. See you soon. You just heard a bit of political commentary. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.